Welcome to Listen to Talking with Trees, a podcast by Anetta Lander, which is a series of attempts at addressing specific trees in Swedish, Finnish or English. This is a freestanding sequel to the project Meetings with Remarkable and Unremarkable Trees. This episode is part of Pondering with a Pine, a series of conversations recorded with a pine tree in Kaivopuisto Park in Helsinki. Hello, pines, both of you. Pleased to meet you. It's the 9th of January, uh, 2024, The cold, really cold weather has changed into plus degrees. So the snow in your crown is melting and dripping on me here when I sit on this boulder. There is a sign on the other side of the boulder that it's brought here from the area around Viborg by the ice during the ice age, uh, ice age. Well, the area of Viborg was not the area of Viborg by then, but but anyway, it, it comes from the uh, the east and it's very ancient. But uh, you, if we think of you as a family, uh, are much, much more ancient than that. You came here at the time of the dinosaurs, or even before. Uh, I decided, uh, well, I hope you don't mind, but uh, I decided I needed to to study uh, a little bit more about pine trees, to know more about, about pine trees, and what best uh, way to do that, um, uh, to do it together with you. But uh, since I've met some of the other pine trees in this same park, um, I decided I need to read a little bit also. So I found a book. And the other pines uh, here in the park, um, they have their own specific character. But but I guess most people uh, walking by here would uh, think of you as the real landmark because you grow here, the two of you. On the near the road and, and near the shore, so you you're sort of uh, easily recognizable. There are a lot of people walking and also skiing now in the park, even though it's it's wet. Uh, but uh, never mind. So back to the book. I found a book by written or compiled a huge book uh, by somebody called David Richardson and it's called The Ecology and Biogeography of Pinus. So there is a lot of information of all kinds and I began by reading the introduction or part of the introduction and I'm going to yeah and there that's where I I, I learned that you are a part of the so-called gymnosperms and not the angiosperms like most plants or flowers and so on. And that you're very ancient. 
and uh, and uh, yes, so maybe I should should uh, quote the text so I don't invent something. So, yes, uh, when the earliest ang angiosperms uh, were uh, appearing in the early Cretaceous, that's 120 million years ago, uh, you were already here. So, uh, gymnosperms arose much earlier, in the middle Devonian, 365 million years ago. And uh, I quote, uh, evidence from fossilized combs shows that ancestors of Pinace, however that's your family, however that's pronounced, uh, had evolved by the mid-Jurassic, and that Pinus, your kind, had evolved by the lower Cretaceous. So, so you really, uh, your, your ancestors really, really are ancient. No wonder that, that uh, you're so strong. Um, so now I, I quote further. By the end of the Metozoic, pines had diversified into two major groups, or subgenera, representatives of both subgenera, strobus, or soft pines with um, one fibrovascular bundle in the needle and penis, that is your, your kind, or hard pines with two fibrovascular bundles in the needle survive today. So I understand you're probably part of this second branch of the family, but um, Where did I find it? There was a... There was a beautiful passage uh, describing why it is that you are so... Um, uh, strong and uh, have survived so long and are so widespread around the world, especially in the Northern Hemisphere. So now I quote. Among the factors that have contributed to the rapid migration and population increases of pines in the Holocene are their abundant output of seeds from an early age, their ability to recruit dense daughter stands on exposed sites soon after disturbance, effective mechanisms for long-distance seed dispersal, a mating system that permits inbreeding and selfing in isolated trees, and various life history traits that confer resilience at the, at the population level under a wide range of disturbance regimes, and the ability to colonize nutrient-poor sites." End of quote. So yes, that's I've I've noticed when I've met other pines elsewhere that you really you you really thrive there where nobody else wants to live, tree-wise, I mean, and uh, and you can take both damp and dry conditions as long as there is light. Uh, yeah, but 
my my purpose is not to preach to you or or just to read aloud stuff, but I would like to to somehow have some sort of uh, support or refutal or uh, confirmation uh, of the of this uh, knowledge. I understand that you can't. Uh, know by heart everything that happened to your uh, distant ancestors but but uh, I hope you could somehow inform me if if you agree with this knowledge or not or or if it's relevant at all or yes why uh, if it's relevant for you I wonder does it make a difference if your ancestors are ancient or not? But on the other hand, if we think of uh, the genetic legacy as some sort of accumulated knowledge over millennia or, uh, and so on, then, then you must be really, really wise. I, what can I expect from you except tolerance and, and patience with me? But even though uh, you might not be able to, to teach me uh, directly or engage in this conversation literally through language or, or even comment on the text I read to you, um, somehow I think it makes sense to, to learn about you together with you. Thank you for this uh, new start at the beginning of the new year and, and see you soon again. Take care. This was an episode of the podcast Talking with Trees.